You are now listening to Out of the Blank. 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 Welcome to another episode of Out of the Blank Podcast. I'm here with Drew. Hi. Drew, we had Danny on, and you're not wearing your Kiss shirt. No, I'm not. I thought I'd try and look slightly nice today. And you looked amazing in the Kiss shirt. I'm just saying, not everyone <laughs> likes Kiss. You come across people nowadays, they're wearing like, I came across someone wearing a Dragon Ball Z t-shirt, and I was like, this is the love of my life. And then I was like, <laughs> I love your shirt. It's Kami House. And she goes, no, it's Dragon Ball Z. And I'm like, ah, oh, oh, you don't even know. You don't watch the show. You just picked up the shirt. Know the concept behind it. Yeah. I, I mean, my one's from H&M, which they started doing like a huge range of band t-shirts. And it's really cool. It's like me, I'm a big fan. But at the same time, you then go and buy a t-shirt that you just kind of like without knowing what it is all you have to know is at least three songs three songs is like the minimum if you're going to wear a band shirt you just have to know three songs that requires me to know to remember the name of songs though which i can't do that is a good answer but you can remember musicals yeah but i can never remember the the actual song title that's the issue I know I tricked Danny into like, Danny, try and persuade me into liking musicals, but you're the one that tricked him into liking them. So what, where, where do you find the love for this? Because I tried, honestly, after me, me and his podcast to be able to sit down and, I guess, watch a musical. I got through like maybe a minute of Hamilton and I was just like, eh, I don't know. I think that's quite a heavy one to start with. You want to start with something like really light and easy. I started with uh, Scooby-Doo. Does that count as a musical? Like if you, cause we talked about like a lot of shows have songs in it, but I started looking back at a lot of like, I watched some of the old Disney movies that I enjoyed so much. A lot of it's singing. So if that's classified as a musical, I can get down with that, but I'm not interested in like, when I see an actual person singing, I can try and do that in my everyday life. Like when I'm at the grocery store, like grabbing Raisin Bran, being like, it's a beautiful life for, so I don't know, just start walking. I just don't see it happening. I don't see people choreographically breaking down in the middle of Walmart singing like, it's a cruel, cruel world. I'm like, okay, um, I'm just trying to get my groceries and you're doing a break dance and self-checkout. I'll have you know, I definitely have had a song and a dance in a Walmart before. Have you like, like, I don't know, out of just, is it now, is that a pure happiness or is that out of just like you had a song stuck in your head you had to sing? It's probably because I was in Walmart at like 2 a.m. and didn't really know that, where I was. That's like, that's like what I call like being almost, I guess you could relate that to being drunk. When you're at Walmart at two o'clock in the morning, it's like being hammered. You're just so tired and nobody's around and you're in Walmart. So who cares what you do? You ever just come across the people that are sleeping in a beanbag? Yeah. I'm pretty sure I've been one of those people too. So. There's a photo of me probably on like MySpace or something where I am sitting on one of the displays of a desk 
just sitting in the chair, like thinking like, this is what writers like, you know, how you put yourself in the scenario of what this writer was thinking of when they made this. That's what I was doing. And that's what the photo quote was. I try, I try and keep my life a little bit interesting, but it, it, it honestly, it helps me understand things a little bit more when you can put yourself in the perspective of something that's being created or being made. Yeah, sure. I guess that's kind of what I'm trying to do to Danny with all the musicals. Now, what's the perspective you try and see in like Cats, for instance? Cats? Yeah. Um, that you just kind of have to have a wild time with Cats. <laughs> you just got to get on with it. That is a deep quote for that musical. Sure. <laughs> you gotta have a wild time. Okay. Yeah. The only way you're gonna enjoy Cats is if you go into it expecting to enjoy it, basically. If you go into Cats knowing nothing about it and already kind of not liking musicals, you're probably not gonna enjoy it. But if you just go in and are like, I'm just gonna have a good time with this. I really care what happens. It's gonna be great. And it's hard to it's hard to describe that one to people. Be like, it's a thing about cats, and then an alien ship comes and gets them, and it turns out, to, and then someone just stops you right there and goes, "Hang on a second, hang on a second, hang on a second. What are you talking about?" That's a super interesting way to look at it. <laughs> Isn't that what happens? Aliens come or something? No. Wait. No, they they all introduce themselves until one of them's chosen to die and gets to be reincarnated. <laughs> <laughs> That's way worse than my description. I'm like, what the hell is that? <laughs> like short version. The long version is they, they're like this one specific cat gang in London. And every year they have a party. And at that party, they get to choose which cat gets to go on to have its next of its nine lives. That is a terrible party. Yeah, but they get they have to like persuade their leader to let them be the person to do it. And most of them sound like they have pretty good lives. So most of the time you're kind of just thinking like, well, why would you want to be reincarnated at this particular moment in time? Why would you want to waste any of your nine lives? That's like wishes. Like I would just keep them saved. Yeah. Well, that's why it usually is supposedly meant to go to like an older cat. Because all the there's like tiers of cats in the in the like gang. So like a ninety year old cat that dies, his next life he'll be a baby again, and then have to grow up that whole life. Yeah. Well, that's pretty awesome. I wish humans could do that. <laughs> It'd be good, wouldn't it? Imagine they, it. they then can't remember their previous one. I don't think it's ever really touched on. See, that's the trick in the details is they tell you you can't remember any of that information. So it's like you get to restart your life over again, but you don't even remember. So it's like you're being born. Then it throws my mind through a loop where I'm like, hang on a second. How many times have I been reincarnated? Like imagine if in one life I was like an ancient monk or something. Maybe that's why I love history so much. Yeah. yeah. I guess that's true. Like I'm, I love Greek mythology anything to do with that so I like to think that in a past life I would definitely have been some kind of like mythological character why not that's a that's a play I would see is a mythology play because I'm a fascinated with Greek mythology and I have to ask what's your what's what's your favorite thing about it um that most of the history books on it are written by men and are therefore like totally and wildly inaccurate that's your favorite thing about Greek mythology. 
Yeah, is that like the whole, all of the like virgin goddesses aren't actually virgins, they're just chaste or lesbians. And like the ones that are virgin goddesses are virgin goddesses because like they've been horribly mistreated by a male god and then they get the revenge on them and it's awesome. Damn, we have different views of Greek mythology. I just like the personification of trying to like, how we look at like putting faith or belief into something or turning it into like a bit of a mystery or fantasy it makes the world a little bit better when you're able to look at Poseidon and be like, there's a guy who controls the power of the sea and he commands all its things. And you're not thinking Aquaman, you're thinking Poseidon. The dude holds a giant trident and people will build statues after that. Imagine this, Drew. I'm going to throw you in. You're a god right now, okay? You're, you're, sure. one, of, you're one of the Greek gods. Mm-hmm. So actually, I'm going to give you two roads. This is a better scenario. Stick with me. Um, the one road, you're going to have unlimited power. People are going to build statues of you in their town. They're going to praise your name and they're going to pray that you give them a wonderful harvest. And then there's the other scenario of I'm going to make you the most famous person in Hollywood. How closely related are those things? Because it seems like we're doing the same thing they did back then. Yeah, basically. And I mean, it's all very... If the, you know, they say, like, you've got to look at history because it's going to inform the way that the world works at the moment. And all of this stuff, it's like when you read about celebrities doing, th- like, big things where you're like, oh, this is, like, a, a weird... If we were in uh, ancient Greek times, you'd have been, like, struck down by a god for this <laughs> because this is wildly hubristic and shouldn't be happening. I put up a tweet or whatever, and I got a bunch of crap for it. It was the idea of, like... I think that 2020 is like 250 AD Rome. Everyone considers themselves a philosopher and we're still burning shit down. And then I was like, don't mistake being a prophet or whatever for common sense. Like, because you come across it so much. Everyone's got like this amazing motivational, inspirational quotes where I'm like, guys, you're not Gary V. What (laughs) is happening? But I think... I don't know, like humans have to convince themselves they're important because otherwise, what is the point? Damn, that's deep. That's like getting a fortune cookie that you weren't ready for. Like you just had like shrimp, shrimp fried rice. And next thing you know, you're getting a fortune cookie telling you that you have the answers to the universe. If you look inside of yourself, one will truly find. And you will like, what? Like the indigestion hits you right when you say what? So you're like in pain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm very sorry. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a, it's a fascinating thing. I love how the human mind works because and anybody that says that's not good, like me saying musicals are crap, that's my perspective on what I've came in contact with musicals. I bet there's one out there I would really enjoy. I love the Disney films if you want to classify those as one. But seeing how a person's mind works, when did you find that you had a love for it? Uh <laughs> The first time I ever saw a musical, I was two. How do you remember that in the first place? Well, it was the stage musical Beauty and the Beast. And I just vividly remember the Beast's transformation at the end. Because I think we were, I was really close to the front and there was just like glitter everywhere. And I don't really remember the, the show so much as just the like feeling of it. I have so many questions. One, who would take a two-year-old to a Beauty and the Beast play with monsters. That's insane. That's- well, I'd already seen the 
film and it was my birthday present from my dad so okay uh your favorite movie or favorite musical or the one that inspired you i guess to love musicals is the worst movie for me in the whole entire world because of my experience with the movie cartoon disney animation beauty and the beast what's wrong with the movie so i had carbon monoxide poisoning when i was little And I had to go to the hospital and this was back in the day when they didn't really understand like, Hey, you know, we're going to, we're going to get you fixed and we'll get you out of here in the next couple hours. I spent all day there and I literally had tubes shoved up my nose and they kept replaying. I saw beauty and the beast three times in one day. And I remember during the second time of watching beauty and the beast, I had tubes shoved up my nose and I was eating a peanut butter sandwich because they didn't have jelly. So it was like a dry sandwich with this air that's going through your nose. That's not like your normal breathing. It's tubes shoved up there. And just the, the second time watching Beauty and the Beast where I'm like, kill me. Like, cause you felt weak. And every time I watch Beauty and the Beast, my body just immediately sinks into being ill. It just like gets in this state of like, I need help to go to the bathroom, like this whole thing. That's fair enough. I actively hated Pocahontas for a really long time for that exact same reason, because I was in hospital and I had like a nebulizer machine, which is super not fun, but you can fit Maltesers through the holes inside of them. So I was okay. I don't know if you have Maltesers in America. I don't know either, but have you, have you ever had like a, a, a like a, a experience, a bad experience like that with a food item? Um, probably, but I'm a really fussy eater. So <laughs> like I'm a proper nightmare to be around with food because I, there's certain foods I just cannot see because otherwise it will make me feel ill. I'm vegetarian. So I can't, I I won't eat any, and like, I can't watch other people eat or hear other people eat. So yeah, all foods have that effect. What's the deal with the, um, the vegetarian thing? Is that a choice because you don't want to kill animals? Um, I've been vegetarian my whole life. Wait, so have you ever had meat before? I had, I think a sausage roll when I was like eight and it made me throw up. So so your body just can't handle it not anymore yeah that's how i feel I've, i haven't had red meat in probably like a couple of years and whenever i do eat it my body just shuts down like there's just nothing that'll work yeah it's like pandas like pandas yeah panda bears are supposed they're supposed to be carnivores and they basically just at some point in history stopped eating meat and decided to eat bamboo instead. And the reason that they're so useless is because they're supposed to be carnivores and they eat bamboo and it's really bad for them. What? Yeah, I read about this. <laughs> you tossed it out like I knew that, like that's common sense. You, you expect an average person to know that? I always see pictures of pandas eating bamboo or something, eucalyptus, so that's koalas, koalas. Yeah, but no, pandas eat bamboo now because they're lazy, essentially. This is like when I found out, like, so I thought we evolved from chimps or something. I thought that was a thing. Mm -hmm. And then it turns out, no, that's like a theory or something or Darwinism that people don't believe. And I guess I was saying that around a bunch of people that didn't believe that. 
So they were like, you're nuts. You're a conspiracy theorist. I'm like, wait a minute. So is it fact? Everything I see that happens to do with Bill Nye is telling me it is true. So it's, it's like when you find out, um, like chimps, as much as they're closely related to us, when we get surgery, do you know the things that they put inside of us that are more distinctive DNA wise? Oh yes. Pigs. Yeah. Isn't that fucking yeah. nuts? Mm-hmm. That's just, why wouldn't I want a chimp's heart? I would think that would be a lot stronger than a pig's heart. Yeah, but this is why I think it's super weird that humans still eat specifically pigs. Yeah. <laughs> because like, if you're willing, because like my granddad has a, a pig valve in his heart because that was the closest thing they could find for surgery. And apparently that's like a good thing to have if you need heart surgery. And he still eats like pork and bacon and stuff and it just really freaks me out that if you have something that is from that animal like keeping you alive why would you eat it does that count as cannibalism <laughs> moderately <laughs> probably <laughs> i wonder what it would be like because you ever heard of genetic memory no so it's like when people get like an organ transplant from like another donor or something sometimes they get cravings of the food that that person craved so like if you got like let's say you got danny's kidneys and danny loves like chips or something next thing you know you're going to get that craving for it that chip that he really really enjoyed it's called genetic memory and i've heard things of like people with like uh, uh transferred kidneys or something that they would end up getting like a craving for the food that person craved like um it's very common cases happen with like uh uh, there was a woman that lost her husband in like a serious uh, motorcycle accident and they donated like the dudes, like, like I forgot, uh, was it his liver or something? And the person had contacted the woman and asked, has he ever had a craving for this food? And she's like, that was his favorite thing. And the person has never had that food ever. So it's like, you picked up a bit of that. Like, imagine if you're getting a animal organ, you crave like, raw meat you start you got the damn heart of a a chimpanzee and you're craving flies and anything you can find on an ape's back or something that sounds wildly fictional but i have seen that in like shows and things before where it's like it's like Robin Williams joke. He's like, imagine he goes, when he was picking out his heart valve, they were giving him a list of hearts and he was like, what do they all do? And he goes, well, none of them have side effects. And he goes, oh, so if I get like the, the horse valve, I can't shit standing up. Like that was the funniest thing. That's very specific. Cause then it hits me like, wait a minute, people can't normally do that. Cause I have had, had I've had that happen a few times. <laughs> science and history are like i enjoy history like if i could ask you where would you if you could pick a time period to live in where would you go what time period would you go to the future or would you go to the past um so we actually i actually did this as a lesson with my students recently wait oh no you're a teacher so teach me yeah what's the answer the answer is now you just stay in now i'm saying because the so we were doing like i don't actually know what the point was i can't remember it's like we do um like social studies as like one lesson a week and you teach it to your homeroom class and like that's the only lesson you teach to that class 
So during this lesson, we were talking about like how the world has changed over so many years and all the rights that we have now that like we never did before. And they had like a timeline from, oh gosh, where did it start? I think it started with like slavery and up till now. And you had all these points in time and it was like, where's the best place in time to live? And you had to pick one that wasn't now. And I think that we as a class agreed that um, like the suffragette kind of era was probably the best one to go for. Just because like we were getting some rights at that point. But honestly, I, I looked at it like if I was going to give you an answer of where if I would like to live in the past, I would have always said the past instead of the future because I can't survive. Like it's already hard enough living on Earth now. Imagine being in the future where like you ever like somebody wakes up from a coma. Next thing you know, it's like I don't know how anything works. Like we have iPad. Are you telling me like are, we pay everything through our eyes now? Like it's all like this scanner thing. Like they're doing this thing now of being able to fix your sight. Cause um, a lot of cases started coming up of like, you know, I'm getting contacts and instead of getting laser eye surgery, what they're able to do now is using a bit of like injecting like kind of the same thing, like virtual reality a little bit. It's really injecting like a disease into your eyes that is able to like repair your fucking eyesight. So people are starting to get like vision that is 2020 when they're like 90 years old. And I'm like, science is adapting way too fast. I don't want to get to the point where if I jump to the future to live in that, yeah, we have flying cars, but then everything runs off this technology that I don't want to adapt to yet. I'm not ready for that. So, and then if I lived in the past, I would die in probably some like weird transaction or something. Like, I, I know that sounds like stupid to say, but like trying to cook meat back then had to be the hardest thing in the world you're probably eating raw pig or raw whatever and next thing you know it was like you didn't even want to eat you just got sick all the time yeah yeah i think anywhere else in in throughout history i would have just caught some like obscure illness and died because like, like the black death 100 percent. yeah i want to know the guy who was naming all that stuff or girl whoever i want to know the person that was naming those things like we're gonna call it the black death i'm like that is dark that is a that is a horrific name. Why would you, can we say like, call it something else? Like the fatal disease or something? And they're like, why the fatal disease? I'm like, it kills people. But like you say, the black death makes it seem like the grim reaper. Like there's no end. I think, uh, well, I mean, like obviously the black death isn't its medical name. Are you sure? Fairly certain. Yes. I thought the history books just changed that. I should, well, it's called the Black Death because you get, like, it, it boils that go black, right? Your whole body shuts down. Like, you start throwing up black goo and stuff. Delightful. <laughs> I mean, it's it's definitely would be a great musical just to watch people throwing up while singing. <laughs> <laughs> so there is, there's a musical called Something Rotten, which is, like, a parody of how the first ever musical was written and it's set in Shakespearean times. And the guy writes a song called The Black Death because he's trying to come up with something like relevant and modern that people will get on board with. And so he writes a musical called The Black Death and everyone hates it. What is the meaning behind the swan? I heard that was like a really, has a really deep meaning behind it. The swan? Yeah. In what? 
the the Broadway thing, the musical. Isn't that a musical, Swan? Or is that ballet? Uh, Swan Lake's a ballet. See, this is where my brain tosses that into the same category as musical. Anything that involves a person dancing to something is a musical to me. <laughs> no, they fall into... So <laughs> I could probably talk about this for like hours and hours, but there's a weird like tiered system of shows and like ballets at the top with opera because that's considered like high art and only really rich people go and see things like that historically and then there's like plays and theater and then there's musicals like down at the bottom and that's considered like the lowest form of art and that's for everyone to go and see even though it still costs a stupid amount of money to actually be able to go and see them and now is that because of the fact of how musicals were kind of inspired, kind of like people singing and dancing on the street? Yeah, it's a mix of that and that like, it's like, you know what vaudeville is? No. Okay. <laughs> so vaudeville was like, people would go on tours around all of these theaters, mostly in America, to be honest, and they would do like a two minute act and it would be like them singing and dancing about something. And it would, would always like tell some kind of story, but it would only be two to four minutes long at a time. And then people decided they were going to do a long form version of that, which would be a musical. But it, because it takes things from loads of different things, like all the original musicals had a ballet sequence in them, or they had some, some kind of operatic sequence in them. But because you're making it for like the masses, it's considered low art and not worth people's time. Well, like musicals, for instance, they seem like something like a person started creating on the street. Next thing you know, turn it into this like low budget thing. Because when you look at operas, there's just a sense of like a wealth class factor of like you had to be rich and famous. Like you're you gotta wear a tux when you go to a when you go to an opera or when you go to a ballet, you gotta wear your finest clothing and get the nicest caviar but when you're going to a musical for instance it's like this isn't everybody is able to come here thing no matter how much you have just put it in like it's like seeing plays back in the day people would just donate or put in as much money as they possibly could to be able to go see something as much as they had yeah well and if you look at the way that theaters are laid out even musical theaters now like the whole Broadway strip, all of those theatres are laid out in an operatic form, which means you have boxes around the side, which are the worst seats. If you sit in those boxes, you literally can't really see anything. And they're designed so that people see you because that's where rich people would sit. It's really which is weird ridiculous because how, we, how we correlate creativity and art form with a certain wealth class. Mm -hmm. Like just because you're up higher in the booth or like for me going to a concert everybody wants to be front row i like to sit in the back not because i want to be seen by everybody but i don't I, I like to enjoy the music and not have to worry about trying to save my seat the whole time yeah i have literally been to three concerts in my life so <laughs> were they all good experiences yeah i think so they weren't like good concerts but well i don't know how to describe like they weren't it wasn't like I went to see like Queen or any like nobody good not that I would have been able to see Queen within my well, lifetime it, it couldn't have gotten any worse than seeing the uh, Beauty and the Beast at two 
That was great. I had a great time. That sounds awful. It's like when my dad took me when I was a kid to go see School of Rock, like the live version of it. Mm-hmm. I had to hold my ears the whole time. It was way too loud. <laughs> Wait, how old are you? I'm 22. Oh my gosh. Okay. What, what do you mean? Oh my gosh. Am I dying? No, I just, oh. I, I was trying to figure out how old you would have had to be to be able to see School of Rock live. I was like seven. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't, I wasn't like two, like you were like, that's just, you don't take a baby to a movie theater and you don't take a baby to a play. If it's your birthday, we go see the Wiggles, but that's like a, that's a beauty and the beast scenario. That's crazy. I didn't have the Wiggles when I was a kid. Did you have anything that was like a glimmer of hope in a childhood? Yeah. Disney. <laughs> so Disney was for. Disney taught life lessons. I'm not going to knock Disney. Mm-hmm. What is your favorite Disney film? Uh, probably I would have to say Hercules. Okay, cool. There's there's definitely some things about it where I was like, mm-hmm. "All right, cut the singing shit. Let's let's get to the fighting part. Let's get to the Olympic game stuff. Let's get to where you're signing bases and stuff. I like that." But when the um, oracles came on, or the the women that were supposed to represent the yeah the muses were supposed to represent the spice girls that was so fascinating to me and me and danny talked about it like the nightmare before christmas that was so freaking close to being a nightmare for kids but they made it a musical so it was more open to them well i was really scared of stop animation when i was a kid so that film was scary anyway what was your favorite disney movie hunchback notre dame why the hunchback it has the best music. That's what everyone says, but I don't even really remember. I don't remember the music of that. I just remember everybody being mean to him and then being like, that's my life. <laughs> sure. I just like, like, obviously I know more than enough about the making of it because that's my job now. But it that film, I cannot believe that Disney managed to get that film made because so much of it is against the church. And talking about how corrupt the church is. And I kind of love that they managed to make a really underhanded Disney movie and get away with it. It's because it's Disney. Nothing is more powerful than Disney. This is true. I say that when people go to Disney parks and like they make their whole life about Disney World, I think it's something in the food where it creates like a drug. Because they always seem like they're on like a drug when you talk to them. Like Disney was so amazing. And I was like, are you high? Are you like... You look like, did you eat too many churros or that rock candy they gave you at all the amusement parks that were like, what is this? I 100% love Disney theme parks. Yeah, but you're not there 24-7 all of, like I see the Disney cup. I'm not, I'm not clueless, but I'm, I'm saying like, you're not like, oh, this is my Disney Instagram. This is my Disney life. And it's all about Disney. I'm like, are you trying to get a free sponsorship or like, because I, I forgot what that show was that came out it's like inside jimmy's head or something where the kid was hit by like a amusement park ride and they put the creator's brain inside of his head so he kept seeing all the creators uh of the amusement parks animations everywhere and i'm like is that walt disney like that whole scenario like they froze him right and they have his head somewhere (laughs) theoretically yeah (laughs) people think so where did that theory come from i have no idea probably universal studios (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's a go or king's dominion or something or is that animal or that what is that that's disney too isn't it king's dominion 
I don't know what that is. Oh yeah, I forgot. That's probably just a states thing. Yeah. Do you have Six Flags down there? No, I have been to Six Flags though. It's fun, isn't it? Yeah, it was good. Yeah. It's a theme park. I don't always have a great experience at theme parks. Like I don't, I'm not a big roller coaster guy. I've never been on one. So it's like, I like the ones that are like on the ground that move really fast. Like the one ride that like feels like you're paralyzed because you're moving around in circles so quick. It just sticks you to the wall. Yeah. You've never been on a roller coaster? Nothing with a loop. Okay. I mean, there's loads that don't have loops. I've been on some that have don't have loops, but I've never been on one that does like a corkscrew or where you go inside of the loop and then it's like upside down for 10 hours and then it comes right back around. Uh-uh, that's a no-no for me. <laughs> Why? Because I've seen Final Destination and I know how people die. <laughs> okay, fair enough. That I mean, the only people that die specifically at Disney parks are, is their own fault. Okay, first of all, Disney, nobody dies at a Disney park. They take you outside to pronounce you dead. That's what happens, which is really dark. But my dad's a big roller coaster guy, and he has a story that he told at, a, at an Olive Garden. Out of all places, I'm getting breadsticks, and he's telling me a story about how he almost got decapitated on a Disney ride because he was like, my dad's 6'5", so he almost got his head hit by like one of these low beams. And he was like, dude, he's like, that could take somebody's head off. And then after they rode on that ride, they have ride maintenance. So I'm like, I don't want to risk my life going on a roller coaster for the aspect of what? I rode a roller coaster? Was it Space Mountain? I don't know what it was, but that story <laughs> has haunted me to this day. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, Space Mountain in Disney is the only one that I have that concern about because you're in the dark the whole time. It's like an inside ride and it basically just goes around in a big corkscrew from the top to the bottom. And I think, I don't know whether it has a loop or not, I can't remember, but you're in pitch darkness the entire time. And I'm quite tall, so I have the ongoing fear that I'm going to hit my head on something just during this ride. What's your worst amusement park experience? I worked at an amusement park for a year. That was <laughs> your worst experience? Yeah, customer service at amusement parks is the worst. Where'd you which one did you work at? Uh, I worked at one of the Merlin Entertainment ones in. <sighs> you worked for Disney. No, so. Uh, you said Merlin. <laughs> I'm thinking the Wizard. No, so this is the best thing about it is Merlin the character is freeform, so this company basically decided they wanted to have Merlin because that's magic in their name. And when you go to their training to work there, they have this whole thing called Chasing the Mouse about how they're going to one day be a bigger theme park company than Disney, which is just never going to happen, obviously. But like, oh. they're very intense. Oh my yeah. God. Merlin's free form because you can't lock down a wizard. I love it. Basically, yeah. It's, it, yeah, it was a, it's a super weird place to work, theme parks. Have you ever? Well, why is it? Why? Why are you? Why? Why are you saying weird? What is the weird factor behind it? Well, so like in America at theme parks, everyone's really nice. All the staff are lovely. No, no. What conception? What? What Disney or you're probably be going to a Disney park. Most amusement parks are are they're awful. You get sick. People are jerks. You got to stand in line. Yeah, but so at Disney, 
the staff have to be nice to you because they're going to get fired if they're not. But in the UK, our customer service is not that good. We don't like being nice to people. And working at a theme park in like the summer seasons in the UK when it rains all the time anyway is like <laughs> super weird. Like I say, it's I'm just confessing my love for the UK right now because you just said that UK people aren't that nice. I don't think it's not that you're not that nice. I think you just, you're blatant about a lot of stuff where yeah. that's what I enjoy. Call me out on my shit. If I'm <laughs> sitting there cutting in front of somebody in line, I want you to be like, hey, jog off. And I'm like, all right, like that hurt, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Because I like, why pretend to be nice to somebody when they're being rude to you? Exactly. It's like when you see those people in line get a fast pass and they cut in front of the whole entire line after you've been waiting like two hours. That pisses me off. You could have paid for a bus pass. Yeah, but I don't got money for that. (laughs) I like going to like, you ever been to a rainforest cafe? Yeah, in Disney. (laughs) I didn't know they had those in Disney, but I went to Vegas and it was, um, they had an amusement park on the second story of the hotel. So you're flying around on a roller coaster and there's a, it's in a giant dome on top of this hotel casinos thing, but they had a rainforest cafe. That is the best place to go. If you're a kid, you get a slurpy drink with a toy in the bottom of the cup. I don't even care how much the toy is. What it's a dollar 50 over there in the gift shop. It's 10 bucks for the drink. I still want the drink. <laughs> yeah. It's the only place I could get a root beer. I think when we were in Disney, because I love root beer. We don't have that here. You don't have root beer in UK? Nope. I'm back to not liking the UK at this moment. Please. Actually, no. There is one restaurant in the UK where you can get a root beer and it's Shake Shack. So. Wow. I know I would do so well in the UK, but I also am like, there's just a lot of things you guys don't have where I'm like, how is this not a common thing? Because over here, we experience stuff on an everyday basis. Like you've probably experienced stuff. Like, how do you not have that? It's like, I don't know. Like there's a gas station called Wawa. That's all East coast type things. Nobody anywhere that's not East coast in the U S doesn't know what that is. So I'm like trying to explain it to people. I'm like, this has been a staple since I was a kid. Where have you been like under a rock? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, I worked, so I did the, do you know what Camp America is? Nope. It's like an exchange program where they hire like English and Australian and European, like 19 to 25 year olds to work at summer camps in America. And you're a camp counselor the entire time. And I did that for two years in a row. And so that's all my experiences of America in one. But like you guys do not have tea and it really stressed us all out. Because we, I live on tea. I think uh, some people do drink tea. I don't drink it. Um, I don't like hot tea. I could drink cold tea for sure, but yeah, nah. but it's not. It's not supposed to be sweet. Uh, see, I, I like unsweetened tea, but I can't drink it hot. I don't like that drink hot for some reason. It's not soothing to me. People drink it to go to sleep and stuff. I'd rather have a coffee and go to bed. Hmm. <laughs> How do you sleep after a coffee? I caffeine doesn't hit me for some reason. I'm an insomniac. So when I drink caffeine, like I actually, here's a funny fact. So just recently I had my manager at my work asked how many, how much caffeine do you consume on a daily basis? And I said, I don't know. I'd have to total it up. 
So one energy drink that I drink contains 300 milligrams of caffeine. So I drink about seven of those, a full pot of coffee for breakfast. And then I usually have one before I go to bed too. Gosh. I don't need sleep. Sleep's for like <laughs> weak people. See, I need like 12 hours of sleep. Like the five, the five hour energies are like, that's so dumb. Make it like five and a half hours. Nobody goes out in the world for five hours. It's always a five hours and a half or longer. Yeah, that's true. Maybe that's what I need to go to work then. Like a ton of energy drinks. Well, you're teaching. You don't, you, you should be doing this stuff online now. No, we still open. Is it, is it like special cases? Like, are they only go there half the day? nope has anything changed yeah they've changed some stuff like we got all the kids are in like little bubbles now so they will stay where they are in their classroom they're in the same classroom all day and the teachers go to them so like when you say bubbles do you mean like the bubbles that they use like in those fun games you see on like a video or something where they're running around in this <laughs> giant bubble no <laughs> no they're they're in like their class group we call them bubbles okay I thought I was literally picturing just a bunch of kids rolling through the hallway in these giant bubbles. And I was like, they turned us into hamsters. I could deal with that. That would be way better. That would be terrible. Cause then one kid would threaten another kid by popping his bubble. And then like, you're gone forever. I'm okay with that too. <laughs> <laughs> there are some kids just like, I know who I would want that to happen to. <laughs> That'd be great. If then teachers would end up going around popping the bubbles as well. Now, I have to ask, what's the worst music? Instead of just the kids doing it. Ooh. Um, that's a good question. Probably The Greatest Showman. Why? Okay, what was wrong about The Greatest Showman that you didn't like? Because you have this amazing gift, much like myself, of seeing a different perspective. Mine correlates with people. Yours correlates with musicals, which is just hard for me to understand. So I'm trying to get the perspective here. I just, so there is, a, there's a musical called Barnum, which is about the main character from The Greatest Showman, and it's supposedly more historically accurate. And then for some reason, they made The Greatest Showman into a movie and didn't base it on this musical Barnum and decided they were doing their own thing with it, which is fine. I don't have a problem with that, except that in real life, Barnum was a really horrible person. <laughs> and well, I know. Well, what made him so bad? Like, have you seen, you've seen the film? No. Okay, so in the, like in actual history and in the film, he had a friend who had dwarfism, who he named Tom Thumb, first of all, which was like, not great. That wasn't his real name. And he found a woman who also had dwarfism and married them off together to make money and sold tickets to their wedding and called it a fairy wedding. And also a lot of his acts, because it was pitched as a freak show, he owned them. Like he bought all of those people. <laughs> and the movie doesn't touch on this at all. That's a big thing you need to include into the movie there. Mm -hmm. And they pitch it as like, wow, he found all these people that are different and he freed them from their normal lives. And now nobody laughs at them like they laugh with them. And I'm just watching it like, oh, man, <laughs> this is such a weird way to go with this movie. 
That was a better description you gave me of that movie than you did Cats. <laughs> if, you, yeah. if you had to give me a recommendation of one to watch a musical, what would it be? Do you like ABBA? Who? ABBA. Who? <laughs> ABBA. Do you like ABBA? I don't know who that is. I'm asking who. Okay. Do you know the song Dancing Queen? If you sang it for me, I probably know it. I'm not going to sing it for you. Damn it. <laughs> yeah, I know who it is. There's a reason why Danny's the one that sings on the podcast and not me. Danny, we need your vocals. I think he's playing Xbox. He's, he's playing the new Assassin's Creed. We've talked about this. Wait, I think it froze. Dancing queen, strong and... <laughs> I don't know how it actually requires him to know the words as well. Dancing queen, feel the beat from the tambourine, oh yeah. All right, go back to playing PlayStation, you beautiful <laughs> sir. Yeah, Abba. Okay, so that's the one you recommend for me to go see. Well, the, the movie's called Mamma Mia. Ma oh! I've heard of that one. It made me think. It makes me think of spaghetti whenever they say "Mamma Mia." Yeah, sure. Mamma Mia, you know, like that <laughs> whole thing. Um, okay, I want to give you a movie recommendation. I think you're really gonna love. Sure. The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. I have no idea what that is. So it's by the Cohen Brothers. Okay. Um, so it's a mix of a multiple, I guess, a multitude of movies in one that all have like really dark scenarios or really like weird endings to them. But there's one in specific with a play, um, kind of like a road showman, kind of like the greatest showman that you were describing. It's Liam Neeson. And he has a one of those booths that you set up like a, with a cart, like back in the Western days where you go from town to town doing a show or something like puppet figures or something. And it was a person with no arms or legs. He would care for this person and the person would recite playwright by whatever, a famous uh, play or something. And they would get paid. It's an amazing movie. I really recommend it. And the first movie that they play before that one is a singing thing and a Western thing. I think you'd really enjoy. Okay, sure. So. That was amazing to me, but thank God Danny came in with the sweet vocals. <laughs> yeah, I refuse to sing on camera or recording, so. Do you sing in the shower? Yep. That's all that matters. That's all that matters because you're being honest, and I like that. Mm -hmm. Exclusively well, musical songs, though, obviously. Oh, you don't sing like Firework or anything? No. I'm not going to lie. I used to like really not understand why people liked uh miley cyrus i was like i don't think she's like you know that good or whatever but recently i've been listening to party in the usa and it gets me through a workout like i'm not gonna lie where like i might have an attraction to miley cyrus right now mm -hmm. i grew up watching hannah montana so i did too but i don't i didn't ever listen to her music i just like jackson and all them that were on there that made the show fun see i have a bunch of her music but specifically like the Hannah Montana music downloaded because it was like that and High School Musical when I was a teenager. High School Musical gives me the worst anxiety because they would always play that as movies in my school to watch whenever it was like a Friday. It's always High School Musical. And then a reason why I don't like Jerry Seinfeld is because they, they played the B movie and I was like, ah, oh, two thing in the world that it's like one thing can kill you if it stings you and you have an allergic reaction. The other one's Jerry Seinfeld. Ah. Uh. 
<laughs> sure. Well, Drew, you've given me enough of your time. Is there anything you want to promote? You want to let people know where they can find the podcast? Yeah, for sure. So we're our like OG host is Podbean, which we're just, it's a musical podcast with an exclamation point after musical. Same thing on Twitter and on Spotify and Amazon and Google and everywhere, basically. Link it all in the description. Now, Drew, do you want to sign us off? Sure. What do you want me to say? You need to sing goodbye for now. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Sing it. No. <laughs> you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. I'm waiting for you to hit the, the chorus. You know what I'm talking about? The, the ending part of that song? I've never heard that song. I'm sorry. You gotta have fun, Drew. Come on. I have fun listening to you singing. Well, I appreciate that. I'm still going to stick to in the shower, though, because mm-hmm. that's not it's not for the world to hear just yet. They're not ready for this. Me too. Hey, thanks for checking out the podcast. If you want to visit iTunes or Apple Podcasts or anywhere you get your podcast, rate, review, subscribe, and even share the show. Helps me out. Leave me a little something like a little message about oregano or Domino's Pizza or how Papa John's is evil. Thanks for checking out Out of the Blank Podcast.